This is the age of being real. Stories about people who have found their unique path in life at any age. I'm Rhonda Miller. I met Nick Wilkins when he was teaching students to walk on stilts in a summer clowning workshop at Western Kentucky University. That sparked my curiosity about how he kept his enthusiasm and joy through more than five decades as a professional clown. Nick Wilkins trained at Ringling Brothers and Barnum and & Bailey Clown College in Florida. He's nurtured his entertainment, costume, and balloon business by bringing laughter and light to children, businesses, families, and senior citizens in Kentucky and beyond. I talked with Nick Wilkins at his Balloonogram company in Bowling Green, Kentucky, about how he keeps his joyful perspective amid the usual trials and tribulations of life, and how he knew his path from a very young age. I was infatuated at probably age four, and I would always go to the circus and and see the clowns and try to, you know, mingle with them, and if I get a chance to talk to them. So I've always been infatuated, and as a young child, I wanted to always be a professional clown, so I have followed my dream. And you started being aware of that at four years old or around then? Yes. Oh, yes, definitely. Uh, well, part of that had to do with a Emmett Kelly clown doll that I got for Christmas one year, which I still have. And uh, I just thought that was the neatest thing. And ironically, that's kind of the similar face that I use today. It wasn't the face that I used when I was in the circus, but it is the face I use now. What do you think appealed to you about being a clown or about clowns? I think the fact of uh, their ability to evoke laughter and uh, to get uh, a crowd response and, um, you know, present themselves as a as a funny person that's, you know, having a, having a good time. How old are you and how long have you been a clown? I am 67 and I've been a clown for 51 years. Did you ever consider not following that path? No, um, not in particular. I always said I would be a clown. My... Uh, my goal for profession-wise was to be either a uh, to own a store similar that I have now, um, and definitely be an entertainer. Uh, originally in high school, I was uh, when I started clowning, um, I was interested in architecture, and I thought I would be an architect. But my father was a magician. I grew up in the entertainment business, and so uh, it's in my blood. I just thought, you know what, this is what I'm going to do. So you really, you really, an entertainer, performer, clown kind of is a limiting, bit of a limiting description, I guess. Correct. Yes, correct. It is. It's a little limited. Do you speak as a clown? Because I know sometimes clowns don't speak. I do speak as a clown. I mean, I have done some things where I did not, and I have clown friends that are non-speaking in their clown outfit. But yes, I do speak as a clown. Um, I like the interaction with the children and, and adults. So, uh, and, and that can be done verbal or nonverbal, but, you know, speaking is okay with me. So you said you were in the circus. So where did you train to be a clown, and when did you work with the circus? After I graduated from Western with a degree in uh, Bachelor's of Fine Arts and a commercial art emphasis, uh, I applied for clown college, and so I uh, my training was uh, self-taught until that point, and then I was accepted at Clown College. There were 5,287 applicants, and 60 of us got chosen, and 56 of us finished the course, and 37 of us were employed by Ringling Brothers and Barnum Bailey Circus, the greatest show on earth. So I was trained by the best, um, absolutely. Was that the Ringling Brothers Clown School in, in Florida? Yes. Um, it was in Venice, Florida. Um, it started in 1968. And then they closed it in um, 1997, I think, was about the day that they did. Um, so there's still some clown um, 
schools, so to speak, here and there. There's one in New York, and then I teach clowning at Western through the Center for Gifted Studies in the summertime. And then I teach sometimes during the year in elementary schools. And uh, so I, I try to kind of pass my craft along to people that are interested. And also it's just a nice outlet for folks. What is the main thing you try to teach as a clown when you teach, like, students, either college students or younger kids? Um, clown skills, clown uh, history, clown uh, application of makeup, how to, de- to design your own costume, um, slapstick comedy. Uh, then, you know, as far as the skills concerned, juggling, unicycle riding, stilt walking, all those particular things. We do some magic uh, and some creative outlets uh, that, that the you know, children can come up with on their own, and, and then we can kind of help them hone those in a little bit. Um, mainly one of the big purposes of teaching is to create a positive attitude for children. I, I don't allow them to use the word can't. So that's my first day of school. I put that up there, and uh, it works. And, and in particular, it works. Uh, several years ago, I had uh, two classes, a total of um, 23 children, and I taught 17 to juggle in 30 minutes because of a positive approach. Do you ride a unicycle and do stilt walking now? I do stilt walking. I haven't been in a uni- on a unicycle in quite a while, but it is on my goal this year to get back on it and, uh, and, and you know— uh, get her going wow that sounds challenging <laughs> it is very challenging yes it's a uh, you know i think it's one of those things if that you usually can hop back on and ride but uh the number of years that i have not been on it it's going to take a little bit of practice but i did walk stilts last year and uh an uh, individual asked oh did you just just get on them and go and i said no i actually practiced for a little while because it's been a while since i've been on them so so you have a personality, I guess, as a clown, right? You have to establish like a clown character. Is that is that right? Yes, yes. Oh, I'm uh, I'm definitely a a jovial individual. I enjoy cutting up with everybody, and um, uh, you know, I always have a clown nose in my pocket, and usually a trick or two. So I was going to ask you if your personality or your self is different from your clown self. I mean, do you have like do you take off your costume and go like okay? Now I'm Nick, you know. Yeah, sometimes I do. I mean, being a business owner, yeah, sometimes I have to do the the things that are involved with business, paperwork and so forth. So, uh, And there's times that I'm like, okay, I've got a balloon delivery. I've got to put a clown suit on. I'm going to all this trouble just for one, one clown delivery. And and then I'm like, you know what? That's good. That's what I do, and that's what it's worth. And I, it's, it's worth that because you put it on, and it just kind of changes, and you realize that, I do what I like. I'm going to go out and create laughter for people that uh, in this world today, there's so much negativity, and I just want to give them a chance to just stop their brain for enough enough time to to just laugh and smile. And, you know, it's it's contagious. It's good. I'm a positive person. I kind of run from negative people. I used to try to convert them. Now I run from them. (laughs) (laughs) That's, That's an interesting way to kind of avoid negativity. Yes, yes. I mean, you know... Hey, uh, life is 90% attitude, 10% showing up. So that's my motto. So what is your clown name and what's the character you sort of developed? Uh, clown name is Broadway the Clown. Uh, I often get asked, you know, where did that name come from? And it came from uh, a classmate in high school. Uh, I was playing football. And at the time, Broadway Joe Namath was a quarterback. And I was kind of the last string quarterback. And, and I was a character back then as well. So he just named me Broadway and... Didn't much care for it right off the bat, and then I thought, well, if I'm going to be a clown, I'll just use that as my clown name. So 
uh, yeah, my character is, uh, you know, uh, a lot of facial expressions, a lot of physical humor, um, more of a, um, based on somewhat of a Emmett Kelly, I was also greatly influenced by Red Skelton, who was, uh, I just thought he was a, he was kind of an idol. I kind of idolized him in a way, and I got to meet him, and I uh, got his autograph, and talked to him for you know, a brief moment, but uh, what a great, great pantomimist and entertainer just was uh, you know the old style which i really like i like some of the older folks slapstick comedy with uh, you know charlie chaplin and laurel and hardy and abbott and costello and the marx brothers and even the three stooges were way ahead of their time and those are kind of the pioneers that laid down elements i think for what we have today so you played football in high school or college Uh, high school yes up until my junior year and then when i started clowning i didn't play anymore i was in the band and but I just was full-time working with my dad and, and the magic shows that we traveled around with. And and uh, and then I did the same thing in college. I did entertainment with my dad's show. It was a, a two-hour show and uh, involved my sister who did illusions and dancing. My brother did escapes. And my mom was a glue that held it all together. She she took care of the backstage and, uh, you know, things that as far as getting tricks ready. And then when they're finished, packing them up ready to ready to load up. So... My mom and dad um, knew each other from kindergarten on, so he always said when he married her, that was one knot he couldn't untie. Wow, that's yeah. a long relationship. Yes, it was. Yes, it, uh, unfortunately, he uh, he passed away a month after his fifty-second birthday, so very young. And and my mom was uh, passed away when she was my age, when she was sixty-seven. So, but uh, you know what? Every day's a blessing. I just keep on trucking. Wow, and. You've lived in Bowling Green your whole life? I have not. I am a native of Hopkinsville, Kentucky. I moved away from there when I was five to Benton, Kentucky, and came to Bowling Green when I was nine because my father was uh, uh, on air and in sales at WLTV, which is the um, the first television station that became uh, uh, WBKO. And so that's what got us here in Bowling Green. Then I lived in Florida for two years when I was in the circus. So your your dad was on TV? Yes. Mm-hmm. My what? dad was in radio and television and newspaper. He was just a media guy. Um, but television was the first, was his uh, last, actually, part of that media, and that was here in Bowling Green. What, what did he do on TV? He did news. Uh, he did uh, sports, mainly news, and then he did a lot of... Uh, promotions and advertisements that sort of thing he sold advertising but he was also on air as well he produced a couple of uh pretty interesting shows one had to do with edgar casey which is uh, uh from this area he actually was from hopkinsville my grandmother uh, excuse me my great aunt got to see one of his readings he was a sleeping prophet he was a clairvoyant so dad did several uh, he did a two-hour special on that and some other things and uh, very active in the community so and meanwhile, he was a magician and performing yes, as a magician. Yes, performed as a magician, and then we put together a two-hour show, which had other magi- we had a ventriloquist friend of ours from Hopkinsville by the name of Bill Bowley. He was excellent. We had, um, uh, of course, my family, and then we had dancers, and we had uh, usually another a magician. And then Dad always, if there was an up, you know, a young person that uh, wanted a um, exposure so to speak for a, to an audience as far as their craft and so sometimes if he, we were in a town and he knew of a, 
or someone you've anybody that was interested in doing magic, then he would give them a chance to showcase. He would give them a, a little spot on the show. You know, it was kind of neat to get their get their start. So you had a very close family. Absolutely. Everybody everybody worked in the performance business. Absolutely, yes, we did. So, do people ask you if there are times when you go through difficult things? Like, do you have to try to be funny or? You know, everybody can't be happy all the time. I'm just wondering how you, you know, separate that. Like if something is is troubling or disturbing and how you deal with that. And do you still just go out and have your clown personality? I do. Um, I think I just focus on that and try to leave the other, you know, situation aside. Even when my dad passed away, obviously was there. But I I kept my business going for a day or so until the, the visitation and funeral and such. But I'm a firm believer the show must go on. I think in my 51 years, I've only missed uh, two or three performances, and that was just because of illness. So, You're 67. Do people ask you if you're going to retire? Oh, I get it after, all the time. All Re- really? The time. Yes. I Even yesterday, someone asked me, and I'm like, yeah, I just retired. I did. I retired last week. I, got a, I put a new set of Michelin tires on my van, so that's retiring. No, I have no intention of retiring. But even if I do from the business standpoint, I will still clown. I just, I love it. I just really enjoy making people laugh, you know, evoking uh, emotions and so forth. And my favorite place to clown, which I get asked that question often, is a parade. You know, when you're doing a stage show, you have a captive audience. But in a parade, you have continual audiences on both sides of the street. So... You can try new things. If I want to try a new gag and and it doesn't work here, well, maybe down the street on the other side or the same side, it might work. So I just love it because you have continual audiences. It's so much fun. How do you think you keep up your energy all this time and your sense of humor and all that? Because people, you know, people sometimes get tired or they change careers or whatever. But how do you keep up that energy? Well, I think a lot of that is attitude. I'll have to say, you know. The older I get, I don't have the, as much as I had, but I just keep trucking. And uh, But I think attitude plays a big role in it. So you got the attitude from where? I think my dad and my mom, both of them, you know, uh, treat people the way you want to be treated, be kind, and, uh, and just, you know, be positive about things. It goes a long way. Is there something you're looking forward to doing that you haven't done yet? Um, yeah, I'm actually looking forward at some point to uh, maybe working on cruise ships, Um I'd love to maybe do some stints back in circuses. However, there's not too many tent shows out there anymore. Um, Ringling Brothers and Waterman Bailey, they're not even putting the label circus on it now. So they're bringing the show back, but it's titled Ringling Brothers and Waterman Bailey. No animals, no clowns. It's all going to be, I think, more of a Cirque du Soleil type thing. In my opinion, it's not the same. You don't have... When they did away with the elephants, I'm like, well, it's just not... It's not the same. (laughs) However, there are still circuses out there. Every year... In Evansville, Indiana, uh, Thanksgiving weekend, they have a shrine circus, and it is fantastic. They have a, they usually have a cat act. They have this last year. They had uh, probably eight elephants and uh, very very superb entertainment. I know at times there are European groups that oh, travel. Yeah. A lot of European groups yeah. come here. Yeah. There were a lot of European groups when I was in the show. Our uh, polar bear act was from uh, from Germany, and in. Uh, and then the dog act was from England. So there was just, you know, there's a lot of different ones. So, Nick, what kind of events do you perform at? You know, I do a ton of birthday parties. So I tell people anything from a birthday party to a corporate event. Um, I do uh, corporate 
picnics, corporate meetings, um, you know, parties for every occasion as far as holidays, Easter and Christmas and Halloween and uh, do a lot of magic shows um, and clowning as well. Uh, so just in any type of event that's uh, either, you know, like tonight I'm doing an event that uh, now I won't be in a clown suit, but uh, I'm doing an event at a at a business that has been bought out from another business, so they're kind of getting reestablished with uh, their name brand, and uh, I'll be doing magic and balloons, and that's just a you know an office situation. So, um, sporting events. Sometimes I do stuff for the hot rods here in Bowling Green, and uh, you know I performed in Louisville, I performed in New York, I performed in California, uh, Florida. So uh, one one of these days I'm going to sit down and see how many states I have been in as far as performing. What's the most difficult? Oh, um, you know, I would say the age uh, group would be junior high to high school. They're a tough. They're a tough bunch. Um, Why do you think that is? Uh, I don't know. Actually. In this day and time with social media, and I attribute this to one of the reasons why, in my opinion, why Ringling Brothers closed, you would see people, families leaving at uh, intermission and or maybe even towards the second half of the show. And I think it is because the the children are so accustomed to uh, social media and and looking up things on their phone, and and, um, so they're distracted. And, you know, as far as... Uh, creativity I found that out in even teaching in the elementary schools children are not nearly as creative as they were 10-15 years ago and I I think it's uh, you know attributed to cell phones being able to look stuff up on YouTube and and uh, and not really coming up with their own ideas which is what I do in teaching in the summer you know the best part about it one of the camps that I teach when they arrive at Western they are uh, have to surrender their cell phone for two weeks. They do get it back once or twice during the week to call home. They also are not allowed to watch any television. So it forces them to communicate with their peers. And I think that is fantastic because social interaction is so much more important to me than it is to, you know, interact through text. It's just not the same. I did have a teacher tell me once that she thought kids had trouble reading because they were losing their sense of imagination. So it's hard for them to imagine sort of like the scenes. So when you read, let's say, a book or a story of some sort, you start imagining the story. And she said she thought they were actually losing that ability. Oh, I think so. Um, you know, I can tell these children, give them the basis of a, of a clown gag or a clown skit, and, uh, and they'll, well, I don't know what to do. They'll go, I don't know what to do, but I just gave you the elements. So like you, what is an element? Well, like a scenario, uh, you know, you're in a you're in a park, a city park, and you know people are coming by. You're sitting on a bench, and uh, so uh, come up with something funny, or even give them a clown nose or a, a blank clown face. I have masks that I give them. It's blank, and just say, I want you to, you know, be funny, do some physical comedy. And so what that does is force them not to be able to use their face. So they have to use their their limbs to to be creative and to make people laugh and but their their creativity has just been stifled i think tremendously by by social media and um you have this balloonogram company right yes how did you start that because what your degree is in art art um i actually came back from the circus and uh, i was dating a young lady who was from baltimore maryland and up in the cities they had started a balloon delivery company in the bigger cities which started uh actually in england they 
were delivering flowers and they were selling balloons on the street. And they said, well, hey, why don't we just deliver balloons? And that's kind of how the, the industry started many years ago. Um, so I decided I was going to do that, and I researched several different companies in several cities in the surrounding areas and uh, came up with, with – uh, I went with a company in Nashville, and then I broke away and was on my own. I'm very – being a positive person, uh, I started this business on a $500 investment. And I'm still in business um, 42 years later. So You started the balloonogram 42 years ago? Yes, $500 investment. What did you invest in, balloons? Balloons, yes. And I put together a business plan and, um, and presented it to the bank. Uh, originally, they turned me down because I didn't have any collateral. I just came back from the circus. So I did a business plan and I went back to the bank and had to go before a loan committee and gave me the money, and, and I'm still with that bank. However... During that waiting time, I went on and got the money from a friend and a relative. So I started my business before I ever even got the loan, paid it back, and we're still at it. So I've seen some of your balloon creations in photos, and they seem very intricate. They're not like just delivering balloons. Oh no, no, that you know that's another thing with this industry. Um, when you get competition, you just have to find ways to be creative and and uh, come up with your own concepts of of the entertainment or the balloons and yes the balloon uh decorating has been a big a big uh, plus from in the last five or six years in particular during the covid years um i was able to do things and put them in people's yards so there wasn't any physical contact or any contact close to people and uh, that was a big saver for me i think finally that's where my art degree can come in where i can design um balloon decorations and balloon sculptures and and uh, be able to use not agree in that in that sense. How many balloons would you use in a sculpture? Oh, you know, I've probably used over a thousand balloons in some of them. Um, doing a balloon wall uh, requires a whole lot of balloons and uh, a lot of time. There's one thing in my profession, whether it's being a clown or doing balloons, and that is the word patience. If you don't have patience, you're in the wrong business. Because, uh, And also, I always tell people I always have a plan B and a plan C. So, you know, I don't uh, I don't worry about that. I just just go with it and keep trucking. So uh, that's just the way the, the, the nature of the biz. Uh, you know, actually, we're having trouble, like a lot of people. It's getting a little bit better. But during the COVID years, we were really having trouble trying to find product. There were several times where a person wanted a certain color. I wasn't able to get it. So I had to stuff one balloon in another balloon, just like you would mix paint, in order to get a color. So basically, you're doing that job twice because you're using two balloons, um, which is very time-consuming, but, you know, you do what you have to do. I'm just wondering how you keep up your business because it would seem like, you know, there's only so many clients you could have. Or do you have a lot of repeat clients? I have a whole lot of repeat clients, a whole lot of repeat clients. I'm very blessed. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's people that have been with me for you know, almost since day one. Um, different occasions? Yes, different, mm-hmm. occasions. different occasions, yes. Yeah. And I'm able, and you know, I've done entertainment for families that uh, are second generation children and in a couple of instances, third generations. But it doesn't make me feel any older. <laughs> so I was going to say, how you keep up your energy? How do you yeah. keep up your energy? What do you do to keep up your energy? Yeah. Because performing is very energetic. Oh, it is, yeah. How, how, what do you do to keep up all that energy? Well, I... Uh, I do exercise some, probably not as much as I should, um, but uh, I think a lot of it is an adrenaline-type adrenaline thing because, 
you know, when I know I have a show coming up and um, I just like, wow, I get to perform tonight. I'm looking forward to this. And uh, Or if I know that I have a new trick or I've refurbished one and I'm like, oh, I get to use that tonight or today or whatever. So, you know, that that kind of kicks your energy in as well. So any, do you have any kind of motto that you go by or live by? Because, you know, a lot of people, I don't know, I guess when people think about leaving a job or work, they retire, they're going to go play golf or travel or something like that. But I just wonder how you discovered your path and kept at it this long. Like, is there a motto that keeps you on it? Ooh, very good question. A motto. Um, Or something you live by? or I think that in, you know, even in the youth of today, I would encourage them to find something that they're super interested in and stay with it. Um, even in, even if it's just in the workforce, you know, there's so many places anymore that if you work with them and you stay with them all these years, you're going to have a good retirement and you're going to be fine. Um, so I just, I think it's kind of like the old cliche of uh, there's sawdust in my blood, so to speak, like the circus that I just enjoy what I do. And uh, I mean, people ask me all the time, to, don't you get tired of being a clown? Or, or you know, how do you, um, I mean, you, you deal with a lot of, you know, people, and I'm sure you get some feedback. Oh, I get, uh, yeah, I've, I've been, I've been, had some comments made to me off and on over the years, like, oh, can't you find a better job or that sort of thing? I'm like, this is my job, and I thoroughly enjoy it. So that's it's, my, it's more than a job, though. It is more than a job. It's a passion. I mean, you, clowning is right here from your heart. And then, you know, uh, when I teach clowning, I say clowning. Uh, my, my title is clowning is a serious business, which is an oxymoron. because, But it is. I mean, putting on a clown face and going out and being a clown is not the same as putting on a clown face and and putting your heart in it and, and studying the elements that come to it and being able to create. How long does it take you to prepare with your costume and makeup and all that? I spend uh, about 45 minutes, usually, from start to finish. I don't get in a big hurry anymore. My record of putting my clown face on is eight minutes, but uh, usually anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour if I just want to you know, take my, take my time, and I'm pretty particular about making sure the face is the same every time. Really? So, it has yeah. to be exactly the same. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Really? Mm-hmm. All yeah. this time? Yes. Yes. You know, in Ringling Brothers, I had a, a face that took an hour and 20 minutes to apply when I first put it on, and I narrowed it down to about 40, 40 minutes. But then you have time, you know, it's going to take you five to 10 minutes to take it off. I tell people, they go, where are you going? I said, well, I'm going to declown. <laughs> yeah. What do you have coming up now, say, in the next few weeks? What kind of occasions? A uh, retirement party. I have a couple of birthday parties. I have a library show um, and um, I think one corporate event. So, you know, I'm great to be very, very blessed to be busy. You know, at one point several years ago when entertainment was really hopping, I would clown probably, oh, 125 times a year. And I think last year I might have done 75 or 80, uh, which was good, uh, considering coming off of COVID. But I tell you right now, people are starving for entertainment, live entertainment now since COVID is kind of diminishing, I say. Anything I didn't ask you that you would like to share with people? or You know, one of my mottos, I think, is just do something every day that makes someone smile. You know, a smile is a mile long between the two S's, so uh, it's it's great. It's just laughter is contagious, and laughter is the best medicine, and that's been proven in medical professions and so forth. There's clowning groups that actually go to hospitals, and I just think that, you know, 
there's so much gloom and doom in in the news and and everywhere in in, in today's world and seems like it's getting worse in some areas uh but if you can just kind of put that aside for a minute and laugh it's very good for the, the soul and the physical being Thanks, Nick. Great talking to you. Good to talk with you. I've been talking with Nick Wilkins about his more than five decades as a professional clown. You can read more about Wilkins in a piece I wrote for Next Avenue, a digital publication of PBS based at Twin Cities PBS. That story is online at nextavenue.org with the headline, A Clown About Town. Music for the Age of Being Real is graciously provided by the Kentucky Standard Band. I'm Rhonda Miller in Bowling Green, Kentucky.